Amen. Why don't you take a seat? Good morning, or Merry Christmas, as it is. And it is a strange Christmas, but it is still Christmas. So we've got plenty to celebrate. If you're watching online, my name's Adam. It's nice to meet you. We're glad that you're here. We have plenty to celebrate, even this year. Christmas is one of those events that so much preparation and planning goes into it, but so often the memories fade pretty quickly. What we thought was essential probably wasn't that essential. And the gifts that we, that we believed were of such importance fade really quickly. I'm going to take some of you down memory lane. I'm going to show you some pictures on the screen. The most popular gifts, these were the gifts that everyone wanted. These are the gifts that everyone believed that they needed. Some of you owned these gifts, gave these gifts. These are some of the popular gifts of Christmas's past. I'm going to read these. They're going to appear on the screen so our friends online can see them too. Last year's biggest selling Christmas gift was LOL two-in-one glamper. And if you've heard the way I've read that, I have no idea what it is. Uh, five years earlier, or six years earlier, this one I know, 2014, was the year of the Elsa doll. In my house, we had many. 2012, the toy to have was the Nintendo Wii U, apparently. 2010, the year of the Apple iPad. 2001, Bratz, which was a dull. 2000, the Razor Scooter. 1996, Tickle Me Elmo. 1989, this one I remember. The Game Boy. 1980, the Rubik's Cube. And I confess, I was one of those persons that would pick the stickers off because I couldn't ever do it. 1978, Hungry Hippos. I'm going to really roll the clock back. 1952, the Barbie doll. And really rolling the clock back, 1936... Monopoly game, which where I come from, we've had plenty of tense Christmases over a game of Monopoly. But anyway, so often the things that we believe are of crucial importance, must have, don't last, they fade. And sadly, Christmas is not exempt from that. Have a look at this short video. It's going to be on the screen now. Christmas presents are exciting. Do you remember what you'd say is the best gift you've ever received at Christmas? I asked my kids this question, and here's what they said. My six-year-old loved her little talky doll that could talk, blink, and not much else. Cost a whopping $110 after tax, and it lasted for a solid eight months before it found its way to the back of her closet. My nine-year-old said his favorite was the popular fantasy book series, six books in all, each getting progressively longer. The set cost $58 and lasted eight weeks before it lived its final dust-filled existence on a shelf. Now, my tween loved the Brainy Putty collection that cost $32 and lasted a measly eight days before it went to live in our carpet. Finally, my teenage son wanted the ultimate drone with a 4K camera. It cost the most and lasted the shortest amount of time. I'd like to say it lasted eight minutes, but no, it was eight seconds. 
which is only impressive in bull riding. As exciting as those gifts are, what if there was a gift at Christmas that was far better? In fact, so much better that it makes these look like, well, toys. What if this gift was worth so much that no one could buy it for you, nor could you afford it? What if it was something of extreme value, like, say, life itself? And what if this gift was given through the birth of a baby who became our paid-in full? That's the gift offered to all. It costs us nothing, him everything. It lasts just a bit longer than eight seconds, eight days, eight weeks, or even eight months. It lasts forever. My favorite Christmas toy was a radio control car. And then the next day, we went to my grandparents' house, and my cousin was there, and he had a better radio control car. And then for the kids that go to school, there is that conversation, what did you get? And in general, it goes something like this. There's someone who, if they're kind of in their teens, late teens, say, I got driving lessons. And someone else says, oh, I got a car. Someone gets a bike, and their friend says, I got a pony. Or you've got a phone, and then someone says, I got the latest phone. There's always someone who's got better. And like the toys that we've looked at and we've remembered, they don't last. And the things that we often believe are of crucial importance don't last and they fade and they break. And life is like that. So often we feel like that in life. But then God steps in. The idea for some people that there's this free gift called Jesus is quite hard. Some people believe there's no such thing as a free lunch. That's a well-known statement. I receive plenty of junk mail. Way more junk mail than I ever used to receive. And one of the most popular pieces of junk mail is a letter that looks like it's from a bank. And it's got a card, a credit card included. And it says you've been pre-approved, just phone this number and you're good to go. And it looks real. I throw these in the bin, I chop up the card, put it away. A few weeks ago, I received one of these cards, did exactly what I've just said. And then four or five days later, I received a second letter... And it said, here's the PIN number for the card that we sent you four days ago. It's from your bank. Thank you for being with us for a a year. It's a $50 credit. It's got a visa sign. You can use it anywhere. It was real. I went to the trash and kind of rummaged through, found the four corners, taped it back together. We went out for lunch. There is such a thing as a free lunch. But largely, these stories are rare. These stories don't happen often. And this has been one of those years where there's been so much uncertainty. The idea of being able to predict what happens next is just absolutely not possible. And for many people, it's been a year of fear. And when I consider the readings that we've heard of the Christmas story, and I consider Mary and Joseph and the shepherds, they didn't know what was going to happen next. They didn't know the plan They were quite probably afraid. And then God steps in. Into that context, into that setting, into those emotions, God steps in. Introduces himself as Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Most people believe 
in God somewhere, over there somewhere, if he's real, this distant idea. And the story of the birth of Jesus isn't introduced that God is distant and somewhere, but that God is here and now and with us. And when I consider the historical context of which God stepped in, it kind of feels like today where there's uncertainty and there's fear and we don't know what's going to happen. I want to look at these readings again and expand on some reoccurring themes. Kayla read to us from Luke 1. I'm going to read an extract from it again. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. In a tradition then and now where people believe that there are many gods and many ways, this clear declaration says he is the one he is the son of the most high the only god the only way the lord god will give him the throne of his father david and he will reign over jacob's descendants forever his kingdom will never end all of those toys presents gifts essentials they all end everything in life ends but his kingdom will never end. If you read on in the life and the teaching of Jesus, Jesus spoke a lot about the kingdom of God, which means the rule and the reign of God. What Jesus was saying still needs to be said today, and it could be paraphrased like this. The rule and the reign of the way things are at the moment is not the way they're meant to be. And God has a plan, and it's a better plan. And Jesus introduces it as the kingdom of God. But you can't have a kingdom without having a king. And Jesus is the king. This is the way Mary receives this introduction. Let's look at the other passage that we had read. Also in Luke's gospel. And it's the story of the shepherds. There were shepherds living out in fields nearby. Keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified. But the angel said to them. Do not be afraid. If at the moment you're afraid, may you hear the reoccurring message. Because an angel is a messenger. The role of an angel in the Bible is to be a messenger. It's not about them. It's about the message that they're bringing. The message that they keep bringing is do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy... For all people. Not for religious people, for some people that do this, or for good people, but for all people. I love this. I love this. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is the Messiah, which means the anointed one, the special one. The one that we have been waiting for. The one that creation has been waiting for. Because every other way, product, toy didn't work, doesn't work, and never will work. But he is the one that we've been waiting for. And this 
is good news. This message is timely. This message, which is both ancient because it happened in a past tense, is as relevant today as it has always been. That God is not distant, that he's not far away. But if we choose to accept him and invite him, he is close, he is nearby, he is with us. That's what Emmanuel means. And he is the one, the only one, in a world where we keep buying more toys, more gifts, newer cars, bigger houses, it never satisfies. Because there's only one that truly satisfies, and it's Jesus. And this kingdom, this rule and reign, this better way of ordering the world, which is the way it was meant to be, you don't need to look around for long now to realize this is not the way it was meant to be. And Jesus is offering a better way, a better kingdom. And as I said, a kingdom needs a king, and Jesus is the king. For me... I met Jesus in a powerful way in my late teens. I was 16 or 17. It was 24 years ago. I knew of God, believed in God, attended church, knew that God was, was real, but he was somewhere else. And there was a moment in my 16th, 17th year where I met Jesus in a powerful way, and it changed me, absolutely changed me. I still tell that story with fond memories because it was a significant shift in my life. Now, it was 24 years ago. I have learned, and this has been one of those years where we've really learned, how do we get through the day in hand? I can't get through the day in hand purely on the strength of 24 years ago this happened. Now, the idea of meeting Jesus for some people sounds like an event that happens and then it's happened. And we fill in a form and we can tick a box, it's happened, we've become a Christian, we met Jesus. I don't believe that's enough. We can't just have a historical moment. We need to meet him daily. We need to meet him now. When I read this passage and I hear that God is with us, it's not once and then he leaves again, but he's present always for those who choose to follow him and to invite him. For me, that looks like praying daily, Reading scripture, worshipping, recognizing that I missed the mark and I've missed it again and I need to see him. This idea of a kingdom where we see the world through different lenses. My goodness, I need that now. That's not just 24 years ago. I need that now. But yet also the hope that we have that the God who is with us now will be with us as we go forward. So the messenger's phrase, do not be afraid, rings true for my lived experience. Now for some of you listening, reading this, singing these songs, it's familiar. And for many of us, I'm guessing, we've got a story, we've got a moment like me 24 years ago, this happened. Having a historical moment of encountering Jesus is good, but we need to know him now. We need to be changed by him now. Because this is the day we're living in now. And I want to encourage you that Emmanuel means God is with us. And I want to put that in the present tense, now. 
If you've strayed, if for you the story of meeting Jesus is a past event, I want to encourage you to do something about it in the here and now and say, Jesus, I want to walk with you always. Jesus didn't invite people to believe in him. He invited people to follow him. It's possible to believe in someone and it purely be a past tense experience. It's not possible to follow someone in a continuous way and it just be something that happened 24 years ago. It's now. And then for others listening to this story, this may be that God is somewhere else if he's even real. I want to encourage you that he is real. And through the gift of Jesus, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, he offers to receive us. He offers himself to forgive us for all the things that we've done wrong, and we've all got a list, and to start fresh in a way that changes us. That's what the gift of Christmas is. That's the ultimate gift. Let me illustrate it in this way. This box represents a popular idea that for many people, this is what they'll be choosing, and this is what they have chosen, and this is what they continue to choose. And it's a box that says something like this. Why don't you see if you can get a better experience? Why don't you try and get a better present? A better toy, a newer phone, a newer car, a bigger house, a better job, more money. Why don't you seek happiness wherever you can find it? And why don't you convince yourself that there probably isn't a God? And this story is just a nice story. The other alternative is the choice that God offers us. And I deliberately used the word choice. Over the last few weeks as a church, we've been talking about what we choose to do. I believe that God gives us a freedom of choice. If you read on the story of Jesus, he keeps offering himself, aware that some people say yes and some people say no. Jesus doesn't trap them, give them guilt. He offers himself freely, but he gives them a choice, aware that some say yes and some say no. It's always a choice. But the thing about choices is they do have consequences. They lead somewhere. And God is offering the ultimate gift. And it begins with the Christmas story. He's offering Jesus. He's offering an alternative way to live, a different kingdom, a different way of seeing and engaging with the world. And it begins with receiving Jesus. It begins by recognizing that we've missed the mark and we all have. And saying, yes, I want to receive the gift of Jesus. And like all choices, it leads somewhere. For me, receiving Jesus changes my daily life. There was that past experience, and there's the present experience, and there's the hope for the future. And there's the ultimate hope that when this life ends, it isn't the end of the story, because the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. And for those in the room, and for those on the screen, you have two choices. You have two options. There's only two. And you have to choose. At some point between this breath that you've just taken and the last breath that you ever take, you have to take a choice. May I encourage you this Christmas to choose Jesus. May I encourage you to trust him. May I encourage you to invite him. 
And for those of you that have a story of a past occasion, I encourage you in the now, in the present, to see that God, who was with you when that story began, is with us now. So seek him, walk with him, and see the world through those lenses. Choose Jesus. Let's pray. I want to pray in two ways. If the Jesus that you've heard about is a story that's a God that's somewhere else, if he even exists, and largely you've been choosing the box that says, I'm just going to go my own way, I want to say to you, if you want to receive Jesus, if you want to choose Jesus, it's as simple as saying, God, I've messed up. Please forgive me, and Jesus, please change me. If you've not prayed a prayer like that before, pray it now. If you're watching online and you're praying this prayer, if you're watching on our social media pages, write in the comments, write Jesus, and we will follow up with you and help you and pray for you. If you're praying in the room, talk to me on the way out or somebody else maybe that brought you here. And then for the other group of us, of which this is many, we met Jesus in the past, but maybe we've strayed. Maybe the idea that God is with us, Emmanuel, now we don't know that. We don't see that always. Pray like this. Jesus, I want to know you now. Not just then. I want to know your presence now. I want to see your kingdom, your rule, your reign in my life and around my life now. Thank you that you stepped into our world and are with us always. We choose Jesus today. Amen. We've got plenty to celebrate. This is the best news ever. This is the best gift ever. We've got plenty to celebrate, and Amanda's going to help us with celebrating that now. You know.